What up? What up? We are back like the top of your butt or the bottom of your neck, whichever you can get to easier. I am George 2.0 and I am the host of Diaper Dads being recorded right here at Listen to Me Studios in The Gap, a space that has been opened up today for a conversation that we hope is really going to um, inspire you. And again, this is not just for dads. This is not just for parents. This is for even those that are considering what it might be like to enter into fatherhood or whatever the path is for you that allows you to inspire, to mold, to be a part of some child's life. Um, we recognize there are so many different ways across the fatherhood spectrum that people identify. There are different names that dads and papas and padres and poppies are all called. And this calls to you in whichever way you would respond. We want you to be able to be a part of this conversation. And so we want you to share it with dads. We want you to share it with your dad. Talk about something with your dad that you might not have talked about before. Talk about something with your uncle or your boy or, or, or even your children that you might not have talked about before um, that, that makes you feel comfortable, vulnerable, safe, happy, and whole. As I said, I am George 2.0. And as much as I'd like to say I'm the host with the most, I don't have all the answers. So I don't have the most, which is why I bring in guests, guests that are willing to admit that they too don't have all the answers, but also want to ask all the questions and are vulnerable enough to share all of their stories. Today, I, um, I'm really excited to bring this dude in. And I'll tell you, a lot of times I have conversations with guests ahead of time, trying to find out what it is that they might want to talk about, really centering the conversation in a way. But with this dude, I mean, like since day one, it's always just been, it's been like catching up. Even the first time we met, it was like we were just catching up, you know, and it's, it's just rare to get that kind of kindred brotherhood and, and, and fraternity. Um, and somebody that you're just meeting. And then along the same lines, um, we share so many similar career paths and we also share paths as fathers as well. And so I'm honored today to bring in um, an actor, an entrepreneur, a speaker, a listener, an athlete, a husband, and perhaps the most important of all these titles, a father. So Diaper Dads, please put your hands together, snap your fingers, stomp your feet, click the mouse on your computer, beep your horn if you're in your cars. For my brother, Holy Mustafa Speaks. <laughs> that was that was amazing, man. I was just sitting here. I was like, oh, oh, that's me. I was just sitting here fascinated by the words coming out of your mouth, bro. Like, that was beautiful. Man, I'm gonna tell you, and I and I said this to to the folks as I was introducing you. You heard, but I mean it. Like it's just always been so easy to talk to you. It's just it's it's always been so easy to listen to you as well. And you're one of those individuals that processes when they both speak and listen. And you can tell the difference. You know, you can tell when somebody's mm -hmm. listening to you. You can tell when somebody is waiting for you to make your point as opposed to trying to cut you off to get to a certain space. And there's a calm that comes with that that I'm sure benefits you as a father. But I kind of want to start sort of like at the beginning. And I know you you have a couple of different beginnings. You're entering into another new beginning mm -hmm. shortly. <laughs> but in the beginning, when you first found out that you were going to be a father, in what ways did you prepare? How did you respond what happened to you physically what 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 changed 
Great question. Man, I remember the first moment I found out I was going to father my daughter, my first daughter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, my, my wife at the time, <clears throat> it's my ex-wife now, but my wife at the time, you know, did something like really cute to show me that she was pregnant. She bought a little teddy bear and put it in a gift bag and, and gave it to me. I was like, what is this? <laughs> so she's like, it's like, what, what is this? Yeah. It's like, what you pray, bro, everything in me leaped, leaped. I just jumped up, my head almost hit the ceiling. I ran out of the room. <laughs> I ran into my roommate's room at the time. I ran back into the room screaming like, no, stop playing with me. You serious? Like, I was just elated, bro. I was elated. And the reason why I was so excited is because I knew I was finally going to get a chance to be the father that my father was. Mm. I have an amazing dad. I have an amazing childhood. My upbringing, particularly from the tutelage of my father, is something that, I mean, every time I think about it, every time I speak about it, I just get tremendous joy. And I always said before I became a father that if I was half even just a quarter of what my father was, I'll be good. Mm -hmm. So I was always excited to pour into another human being that I created with the lessons that my father gave me. And, you know, now I'm going into my fourth time. So I, I love hearing that, bro. And I'm going to tell you why, because obviously, you know, this conversation is about us covering everything. Right. And that mm -hmm. means the places where we're strong, the places where we've had the lower expectations for ourselves. We have mm -hmm. surprised ourselves in areas and, and honestly, in places where we failed. And because that narrative is so broad, I often wonder how much we're doing to speak about our own fathers those of us who had strong relationships with our father. I think that that's honestly where for me too, just like you, where my thought about being a father started. Like yeah. I wanted to, like, I thought my dad did a great job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I wanted to do the kind of job at least that he, that he did. And I yeah. think about that, you know, when you talk about your excitement there and, and having the opportunity to parent, did you immediately know what you wanted your children to call you? Like, did you want to be called the same thing that you called your dad or, you know, some of these new age parents? It's like, man, call me by my first name. Call me Mike. You know, like, you know, like, <laughs> did you have did you have any ideas about that relationship and how similar you wanted it to be, even in the, the naming uh, of, of you as a father? Yeah, no, that was never really a thought. I just was always looking forward to and excited about that title, dad. Mm. There's, there's something about hearing that word dad come from my child's mouth <clears throat> dad daddy yeah. you know um you know not even necessarily papa I, I never really associated myself with papa that's more yeah. of a more of a for me more of a like a granddad thing you know yeah yeah, yeah 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 <clears throat> I, I had a pop-up I decided to go with papa because um I thought about it from a safety standpoint right like if uh -huh. I'm in a crowd full of you know fathers and kids and everybody's yelling dad yeah then if my daughter's yelling papa i might have a better shot at knowing that that was yeah, there yeah, and then you know it kind of it kind of grew from there but i i hear you because i think you know i think interestingly though the idea of hearing dad from your child is such a warming 
strong, empowering privilege and responsibility. But you, like me, have the opportunity, and I say opportunity, to spend mm-hmm. time alone with your children without the benefit of a partner, um, perhaps over long weekends, perhaps over gigs, jobs, shooting schedules, mm-hmm. et cetera. You find yourself in that space. Now, what happened to me last weekend was I took Georgie to Chuck E. Cheese for a birthday party, woke up, made her magic waffles. She named them magic waffles. It's just butter, but magic waffles. Um, did her hair. Because I was like, look, I'm going to be able to do this child's hair. I'm not going to be the one showing up at the proverbial Chuck E. Cheese and be like, oh, mom's out of town, huh? No, not going to be me. <laughs> right, right. I'm, I'm pulling this, and I'm, these edges going to be late, right. right? Let me detangle like, everything, right? Come on, man. Got them curly poo. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> so right. After the whole day goes and everything's great, barely any iPad, I can't remember what happened. Something disturbed her, and she says, I want mama, and just mm-hmm. wouldn't stop crying. And though I recognize that bond that relationship and that uniqueness there, it was just, it, w- it hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself ever in a position like that where you think you're providing all that you can, you're being as parental and as warm and as loving and as concerning as you can, but your child asks for their mother? If you found yourself in that situation, which I presume you have, how do you handle it? How does it affect you? Uh, yeah, I find that. Mm, mm, before I can even answer, things just hit me. Whoa, okay. So my situation, when you hit me with that question, I thought about my current situation with my daughter now and my current wife. Mm-hmm. But then I also immediately went to my ex-wife and my two older children. Mm-hmm. The way that that affects me with my daughter now, it it really doesn't it doesn't bother me. It's cute. It's like, okay, yeah, you want my mom, and we've been trying to get you to say my mom for the longest because you've always been saying that. It's fine. Like, okay, I know you want mommy, and you you of course you're gonna want mommy. But being that I'm separated from my older children, and I already have this feeling of of guilt and shame for not being around. Mm-hmm. Um, we have joint custody and I'm a very present father. I have my children all the time, talk to them all the time as much as I can with them being on the other side of the country. When I hear them ask for their mom, when I'm with them, yes, it kind of ignites and triggers feelings of inadequacy and um, not being enough mm-hmm. and not providing enough and them not having enough connection with me and that's not that comes from just my own personal stuff mm-hmm. you know my insecurities mm-hmm. uh, being being a father that is not there ever present in their lives day to day but in actuality all that is is you know just children want their mother they need that you know maternal love so it hurts me deeply Oh, it did hurt me deeply when they were a little younger and they would ask for mom and it was daddy's time. Mm, yeah. Oh, I hadn't even thought about it from that perspective. And so, cause the thing that I was thinking about, like I said, the example of mom being out of town um, or, or Georgie, my daughter in the middle of the night, you know, waking up and screaming and I come into the room and she's disappointed that it's me. She would prefer for it to mm-hmm. be. 
<laughs> mommy, you know, mm-hmm. um, in that kind of way, right? Or even the way we used to handle what we called shifts, because I'm a night owl. So, and, yeah. and Joe means a morning, my wife is a morning person. And so when Georgia was first born, all the night feedings, I'm up all night, you know, but yeah. she wasn't communicating in that way. She wasn't saying mama or, or papa. And now it just hits me differently when I hear it. But to hear your context of not being with your older children all the time and dealing with that, I hadn't even thought about framing it into how that could affect you. I hadn't even, I hadn't even considered that. Yeah. And I was initially going to only answer from the framework of, you know, my, my child and the initial response was going to be, no, it doesn't really affect me. I think it's cute. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, wait, no, that's not true. That's not authentic because <clears throat> when, when Callie and June ask for their mom, when they're with you for the summer, you, you want to cry, yeah. you know, you want to, you want to crumble. Yeah. Have you, um, and I can't help but think about what you said earlier about being inspired by your own father. Um, I can count on my hands the number of times that I saw my father cry. Um, all of them significant, not all of them for the same reason. It wasn't like he just cried, you know, at funerals or he just cried in church or, you know, it wasn't a specific area. Um, and while I understand him to be sensitive, something that I appreciated and even figuring out my own sensitivities, I've, dof- I've often thought about when and why I allow myself to cry, um, both in front of my partner or in front of my child, et cetera. Have you Mm. given any consideration to, especially having older children, sides of you as a father that they get to see or that you don't want them to see until they reach a certain echelon in their own lives? Or do you find yourself just living and being vulnerable and whenever it comes up, it just comes up whenever it happens. It happens. If you laugh, you laugh. If you cry, you cry. Or is there more calculation around what they need to see from their dad? That's a great question. Uh, it's absolutely an awareness that I have. I'm very conscious of <clears throat> who I am and how I am around them at, at certain times. Um, but I also realizing that awareness that I don't know what they need. All mm. I know all I know for sure is that they need me and all of me to be present. Mm. So what that means is I can't calculate how I'm going to be in certain moments. I have to be authentic because that's what they feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I, had, I have these situations often, particularly with my older children. And this summer when we were traveled, traveling outside of the country for the first time, I was able to bring them to Canada with me as I filmed. And <clears throat> there were a lot of situations that's happening at eight and 10 years old that they needed to learn about life and how to regulate their emotions. So if my son and my daughter don't have a father, and my dad modeled this very well too, he didn't really hide many emotions. He he is a lot harder, so he didn't cry all the time or anything like that, but he did explain. He was a talker. He was a, he was, he was a, a wisdom, wisdom um, spitter, like all the time. And I do the same thing to my children. So I communicate with them often. I speak with them often. And whenever I'm feeling sad or whether I'm feeling some kind of way or whenever I need to say I'm sorry to them, I do that without hesitation so that they can see and know that daddy is doing his best from where he is in life. And he's going to do everything he can to continue to get better. And he may f- partner French, but he may, you know, mess up. And if he does mess up, he's going to acknowledge it and do his best to, to, 
be better without any excuses so that they know that they can do the same thing and fully be authentically them. Yeah, I love that, particularly because I know you're telling the truth because I know you. Um, And I can recall several moments um, sort of within the last couple of years when you and I both were in positions where we were like, hey, we need to get on the ground and, and as you said, make it happen. <laughs> like, we need yeah. to, you know, we need to find some more bricks. We need to find some more mortar. We need to, you know, we need to make it happen. And I think, you know, seeing that and knowing that your father is doing that, even if they're not, he's not explaining why, um, is something that, that translates beautifully. After the break, I'm going to actually ask Coley a couple of questions, maybe some rapid fire. Uh, about some of the decisions that he's made the second time around. You guys stick around. Diaper Dads, be right back. Dads, are you tired of carrying your bag and the kid's bag? Tired of trying to figure out how to make the airport travel with crumb snatchers look cool? Well, you can't. You're a dad. It's going to look corny. Get over it. I'm kidding. We have the perfect bag for you. Introducing Diaper Bags for Dad's new Kobe Expandable Bag. The Kobe bag will make you the most admired father at the playground, I promise. It's made with high-quality materials. There are 19 easy-access pockets to organize everything you'll want or need. And I gotta tell you, the easy-access pockets always make me look so prepared and organized. It has the largest insulated bottle pockets of any diaper bag, specifically designed to carry up to 32-ounce baby or adult bottles. Because parents need to stay hydrated, too. It has a charging port a luggage strap, and a laptop pocket that can fit every size laptop. When most bags can only fit up to a 15-inch laptop, this one even has a tablet pocket. It's water-resistant. Water repels right off. Lemonade, juices, urine. Don't let your kid pee on it. But if your kid does, the bag will repel it. It even has a sunglasses strap, so you don't have to be the guy with your glasses around your neck like a librarian. And yes, it has a lifetime warranty. Now here's the hookup, because dads always need a hookup. Fans and followers of the Diaper Dads podcast can use the discount code DIAPERDADS to get 15% off. 15% off! Please, right now, go to Diaper Bags for Dad on Instagram or visit us on the website at WSELBAGS.com. All right, we are back like the bottom of your neck, top of your butt other side of your chest. I'm here with Mustafa Speaks, um, who I told you before uh, the break has been very clear and transparent about his willingness to do whatever it needs, whatever needs to be done uh, to take care of his children. And that's something that I think uh, is laudable and often expected, but also worthy of note. And in that way, Mustafa, we were talking before about some of the differences in what's happening in your world as a father this time around. Um, even some of the impediments that you still carry, you know, from first time around as well and, and ways in which you've grown and learned. I think it's particularly interesting. And I want to be clear to our listeners that we met through your partner, your wife, who I think instantly knew that we were going to get along, that we were going to click like new veneers. Right. And, and she was absolutely correct. I think the first time that we got together, you invited me out to this private gathering of other black men it was maybe about 20 of us in the room just pouring into each other and i had i'd never met any of these these folks before and just went into this room good gumbo good conversation good entertainment and just good vibes and from there you know we've we've always had the ability to sort of 
connect and be on the same page. And so I appreciate you for that. I remember um, maybe about two years or so ago, um, some of the entrepreneurial efforts that you were putting forth. And I remember just being like, I want to be a part of it. I want to help. I want to actually see what your grind is. You having been here in LA longer than I had, et cetera. And I noticed even from that period of time, the, t the day that I met you as a speaker, seeing you as an entrepreneur, now being a fan of your work um, on, on television, I note that you were really comfortable with making changes. And as you said, um, being flexible in the moment. This time around, shout out to your partner, Michelle, as well. I note that there's been a really intentional um, effort to not talk about gender of this next child. And I think it's beautiful because we didn't, we did the same thing, even though we knew. Can you kind of guide us through what the thought process was this time and, and the change that it might have been from the last time or even what gives you peace around right now, not revealing it to the world, but also, per my understanding, not knowing yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I have to give credit to my wife, Michelle, for that decision. And initially, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking about not knowing the gender. I'm used to knowing the gender and preparing and such, but she brought it to my attention. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to know the sex. Um, you can, if you want to, but I don't. And her reasoning was beautiful. Reason mm. being um, her first pregnancy, our first pregnancy was very difficult with Noir. Um, actually the pregnancy at first was really smooth, but then further down the line, um, she was diagnosed with incompetent cervix and, our daughter was born fairly, she had to get a, an emergency surclage and our daughter was born fairly quickly at 26 and four, very, very premature. Um, we went through four months in the NICU, which was very, very tough because this was during the height of the pandemic in 2020. Um, she was born in April, I'm um, sorry, in June, 2020. And we were in the NICU from June to, um, to November. Mm. 2020. That was very, very tough. Very, very tough. Mm -hmm. uh, but she came home and was very healthy right now. She's doing great. Like, she's an amazing girl. She just performed live on stage at church by herself. Yeah, saw, like, it was, it's crazy. And, like, I don't even want to get into that because I'll be talking about that the whole time. But, <laughs> like, it, it was what well. she's great. But then we had our second child and um, the top of 2021, 20, June, she was pregnant, January, she was pregnant that child didn't make it mm -hmm. um so both pregnancies was really difficult mm -hmm. it was really difficult for us and particularly for her it was uh you know very heavy and traumatic and you know we were doing all the things trying to figure out what we were going to do for the for the gender the gender reveal and all the stuff all the bells and whistles so this time what she said she wanted to do was just focus on a healthy yes full pregnancy and nothing else. And I said, you know what, babe? That's brilliant. I, I'm right along with you. I just want to focus on a nice, healthy pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And this whole time, that's all we've been work we've been focusing on is every appointment. We don't care about the gender. We just want to know how well is the baby, how well yeah. is mommy. Yeah. And that's what inspired the the thought. It's about to get a little loud um, because our. Oh, I mean, that's a, there's there's never been a more appropriate podcast for it to get loud. It's no <laughs> <Okay. clean. laughs> 
yeah, yeah. I was speaking, <laughs> exactly. speaking of the situation, um, our daughter, she's going through part of her therapy right now. And oh, that's great. that's what's happening. Hey, how you doing? That's um, great. I, I yeah, love she's, that she's in real great. time. I also love, and I saw it, and, um, you know, we won't, we for privacy reasons, we won't share it with the audience, but I saw Nora on stage and I mean, I had to like, I felt I was trying to pinch and zoom. I had to like, I was, I was like, what is happening? Like, cause I'm, I'm aware of how old she, I know what's happening, but this feels very, <laughs> this feels like third, fourth tour performance. Like, we, like, you know, this feels like turn me up in my headphones was what it was. But what I loved, honestly, the most, and I'm biased, was watching you watching her. The way that you got excited about her, and it wasn't even you were watching the audience's reaction to her, because I can only assume there was an audience on the other side of the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were watching her. She was the show, and you were so enthralled with her, which I think is so important, because as parents, particularly fathers, who don't always have all that nuance that you know makes our children call mommy instead of dad sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. Who don't always have that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. beginning with breast milk all the way up through college all those things that we don't have sometimes we can get embarrassed if we have our child out in public and they're acting in a way that people are looking at you in a certain kind of way and so we're always looking to see how people are reacting but on the flip side of that when we're really proud of our children sometimes we do the same thing where we're like did you see what she did did you see what she but you didn't do that. You were just about watching what she was doing. You were so caught up in her. And I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Mm. Mm. And, and interestingly, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. We bumped into each other in the parking lot. And he has a little daughter. And he says that she reminds him so much of his wife. And he feels as though he's getting an opportunity, his inner child, is getting an opportunity to spend time with who his wife was at that age, even as she develops. And I just, I mean, I was just like, I hadn't thought of it that way. But I guess my question to you is your relationship with your daughter and your relationship with your wife, do you see similarities? Do you navigate it differently because of those similarities? How does that kind of play out with you being daddy to a daughter. Wow, I never thought about that. Um, <clears throat> yes, yes. I, I'm really curious every time I watch my daughter as she progresses, and even my my oldest daughter, watching her as she progresses, how much likeness there is to their moms, and how much I appreciate that because there's a there's something that drew me to these women, right? Something that innately just connected me to these women that I I love. Even my ex-wife, I still love her dearly to this day because Mm -hmm. of her bearing my children. And it's those qualities that my daughters carry that connect me to them. So yes, I do recognize those things to answer your question. And that's what makes me endear them even more. Yeah. Like she's talking now, she's getting ready to come and come and join us, and that's like that excitement. You know, Michelle. You know, Michelle is always live and high oh energy. Oh, oh, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always on. She's always on. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. This little girl right here. She's on. <laughs> Michelle, baby. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. She did. 
She went to the valley by herself. Hey, sweetheart. Hey, Noir. How you doing? How you doing? That's right. You better hug your dad's neck. Hi. Safest place in the world. Hi. Hi. How are you? Sam. Skeptical. A little skeptical trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> There's not a lot of bald heads yeah. running around on that side. She's looking like, what's happening over there? <laughs> so we talk about what it means to be a dad and pouring into our children. And I know with that comes a certain level of expectancy. There's things that we want them to get from us. There's things that we don't want to pass on to them as well. Mm-hmm. Is there something that whenever she reaches that echelon, whether that's 18, whether that's getting married on her own, whether that's going to college, whatever that, that thing is where you're like, okay, I think she's good. Is there something that she'll say she learned from you that would just make you feel like I did it? Yes. What I want all my children to walk away with when I'm no longer around is the ability to, is the ability to know that they're enough Mm. because of my because of my insecurities coming up, because of my flaws, if you will, and yearn to people please at times. If my children can walk away with a sense of self-empowerment and a sense of um, self-awareness, then I've done my job because that's gonna carry them in every arena they walk into. I prepared them as a father with with the confidence in themselves that they need to to overcome any adversity and to, and to, um, Ooh, getting a little, getting a little choked up. Uh, Yeah. To be everything that they need to be. I'd be happy. Thank (sighs) you, baby. I love that, man. Well, look, I, um, Get a little choked up myself too. I recognize that there's a very special relationship and a very special um, bond and opportunity that we have, and it looks like Noah rec- recognizes it as well. And yeah, uh, yeah. on behalf of us here at Diaper Dads, we just really appreciate your time, your vulnerability. Yeah. As I said, I, I jump in real quick. Sorry, man, yeah. I'll cut you off. Um, oh, yeah, something that I talk about often that I want all of your viewers and and everybody that you know is just happening to know about you is i'll just give you an example when we met just half by happenstance at the at the airport all of us right the families we met up and we happened to meet up in the you know in the delta lounge you know yep, got up in the lounge. Lounge. we were we <laughs> in the delta <laughs> lounge yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know we were we were just doing what we had to do we were fathering we had our daughters with us and we had our wives with us and to watch how much your daughter just adores you and listens listens to you and not listens to you in a in a demanding obedient way but just hangs on to every word that you say you can see how loving you are so the fact that you have this platform and doing what you're doing and able to talk and speak to dads the way you are you live it you're not just just creating a platform just to be heard just to be seen this is something that you live truly every day and that your daughter can attest to that your wife is proud of who your wife is proud of and what your wife can attest to so that speaks volumes man and it's my honor and privilege to be able to 
be on this platform. And I'm grateful you asked me to be on this platform with you and to share with you and vibe with you um, so that the world can see and know because we're going to do this regardless. Either way, even if you weren't watching. I I appreciate that, man. Like I said in the beginning, I did this conversation, we could have laughed the whole time. You know, we could have, we could have picked something to read the whole, I I didn't, I really didn't know where it was going to go, but I, there was a depth that we discovered in this conversation that I personally want to thank you for. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what to anticipate. And I just wanted to, I want to thank you for your, your heart. Likewise, bro. Really appreciate it, man. Likewise. Really appreciate it. All right. All right. Take care of the fam. I love to both. All right, we'll do. Likewise, man. I'll talk to you in a minute. All right, man. All right, all right be careful. Be easy. All right, so that's it for us. As always, we want for you to share this with anybody in your community that is going to be a father, is a father, was a father-like figure, was a a priest, because they, they call them fathers too as well, right? So, no, don't share the... Okay, well, share, share it with whoever you want to share it with. But really, what we want to do is increase the opportunity for dads to share to feel like it is okay to not have all the answers and ask all the questions and share their stories. It's been a pleasure. I'm George 2.0, and we will see you on the next episode of Diaper Dads. Peace.